Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, and we are here primarily for you. We are here to share scientific information, here to share with you ideas on how to improve the quality of your life, the quality of your, <clears throat> excuse me, the quality of your health, and just overall make it a better life until the end, because we don't know how long the end is going to be. Life is very fragile. We don't know how long we have on this good earth, but let's make it the best we possibly can. We don't want to get old <clears throat> and then end up in a nursing home, not be able to do the things we love to do. You know, we work all our lives, and we may only have 10 years, some for only five years, after they retire and their life is over. Life is short. So we want to be able to live the life until the end. We have no idea when the end will be. And I'm not saying I'm going to tell you how to live longer, but I think I can tell you how to live better and to have a better quality of life and to do the things you want to do and make the dreams a reality. So we got a good lineup today of information. We're going to talk about propolis. Propolis, P-R-O-P-O-L-I-S. It's something the bees are responsible for. I love the product. It has a tremendous amount of value. And I know a lot of people do not know propolis. They've heard about bee pollen, but have they heard about propolis? We're going to also talk about another nutrient that has a pronounced effect on inflammation. And we're going to, how to show how to increase protein and why increased protein is so valuable after the age of 50. And then we'll talk about the warning signs of cancer and the problem of acetaminophen, otherwise known as Tylenol. People are using Tylenol for pain relief. Is that bad? Not good. And we'll tell you why. The nutrient of the day, vitamin A, and how to stop chronic indigestion. So we're going to talk about all of these subjects today. But always remember, you can go to my website, Terry Talks Nutrition, there you can listen live to the radio show anywhere around the world, wherever you are in touch with the computer, and you can change your times wherever you are to be on the same time we are here, Central Standard Time in the USA. And you can also go to the website to subscribe to my newsletter. I will send you a new copy of my newsletter every Friday to your email address. I know, sorry, we have had a lot of people say, will you mail it to me? We are just not set up to do a lot of mailing. We only can do it to your email address. Sorry, um, I know a number of people have complained about it. I hope someday we can do that 
but right now we're not set up for it. But on my website, you can gain a lot of good information. So in between the radio shows, go to the website. So let's talk about propolis. What is propolis? And what can we do in order to prove the quality of our lives with propolis? Well, more people are catching on to propolis, but a good number of people have no idea what it is. And while everyone may have heard of honey, of course, <clears throat> everybody knows honey, propolis is a bee product many people don't recognize. Now, when I say it's a bee product, the bees do not make it. The bees collect vegetation, polyphenols, bioflavonoids. These are all natural compounds that are good for our health and necessary for our health, and they're found in plant life. Well, the bees instinctively collect this plant life and carry it into the hive or the colony, and there they mix it with bees' wax and resin. And it's often called bee glue or bee putty. It's produced by the bees, but not only because they mix it with resin and beeswax, but it's really gathered from nearby plants. And it's used to reinforce and protect the hive. Propolis is a multi-antimicrobial. That means it kills all kinds of pathogens bacterial infection, viral infection, fungal infection. It's a very powerful antimicrobial. And it has been tested against drugs and found to be more effective than drugs for the same indications. Propolis is not effective. One lady said, I will never use propolis. It's bee vomit. No, they do not make it inside the bee. The bees don't regurgitate it. They don't spit it out. They don't vomit it. Actually, it's the plant life and mixed with their beeswax into a putty. So they can use it to seal up all the cracks and crevices within the hive. So they prevent contamination of the hive. Bacteria and viruses cannot enter the hive. They even put a little round circle of propolis around the entrance of the hive. So if some other type of insect is coming in, propolis will decontaminate it. They're pretty smart, all by instinct. And propolis is not new. In fact, I ran across one source that notes it was used for inflammation and wound healing 300 years before Christ. There are over 4,000 published studies on propolis in the PubMed database of medical research articles. It is well studied and well suitable for all kinds of pathogenic 
conditions. So here are some of the many benefits of propolis, why I love it. Antibacterial. It's like an antibiotic. But more than an antibiotic. Because an antibiotic just destroys bacteria. Propolis destroys bacteria, viruses, and fungus. But antibacterial has shown that it has very powerful antibacterial effects against over 30 different bacterias, including the antibiotic-resistant infection bacteria. Very powerful. Antiviral. You know, we are concerned about all the viruses. Propolis is a very powerful antiviral. It reduces HIV entry into the cells by up to 98%. And in studies with acyclovir, acyclovir is a drug produced by Glasgow and Pfizer. And in head-to-head studies with propolis against acyclovir, it was found that propolis was as effective as the drug in stopping herpes Simplex virus, cold sore viruses, fever blisters, genital herpes, and other sources of the virus. Antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal as well. In a test against 15 common fungal pathogens, including Candida albicon, propolis stopped almost all fungal activity. It's a very effective antioxidant. Propolis increased glutathione. Glutathione is a antioxidant, a detoxifier that the body manufactures in the mitochondria of the cell. And propolis could increase that glutathione by 50% in prostate cancer cells. It is also an effective anti-inflammatory. Propolis has many, many wonderful effects. And it is so safe that it has no known side effect. Because really, what the bees are gathering from the trees and the shrubs and the buds and the flowers is food. Food that we could consume as humans. So it's not something that's a foreign substance. And now they have done studies against COVID-19. Researchers tested the ability of purified, concentrated propolis to stop different types of RNA viruses. This is the family of viruses that includes the feline coronavirus, human coronavirus, and VSV, a viral disease affecting horses and cattle. Everybody could have better health with propolis, humans and animals. And when I say that, it's a purified, concentrated propolis called EP300. Because we cannot digest the beeswax. We cannot digest the resin that the bees use to make it into a putty or a glue. So we 
as scientists, have to take out the beeswax and the resin. So it's 100% digestible. Propolis EP300 is 100% digestible. It has no beeswax, no resin. But it has just the very highly concentrated, purified propolis from trees. They also did a study where with just five minutes exposure to propolis reduced DSV, and that is the viral disease affecting horses and cattle. That virus, just exposure to propolis for five minutes, killed 99% of that virus. In feline coronavirus, cats, was reduced by 99.9% after 15 minutes exposure to propolis. Human coronavirus was reduced by 99.9% after 30 minutes exposure. Propolis is very useful, useful for viral and bacterial infections, yeast infections, fungal infections, and very, very safe for adults and children, even tiny infants. If you just put a small pinch of propolis on their tongue or anywhere, mixed into a bottle, whatever, wherever, however you can get into an infant or a child or adult, it is very, very effective against all kinds of bacterial, viral, and fungal infections. And that's what we're always trying to fight. How do we find something that supports our immune system and can outright kill the pathogens? Propolis. Unbelievably effective. So you can use propolis for all immune function concerns. Everything. Starting with prevention and treatment of respiratory infections. And that's what most people died from during COVID-19, when everybody was locked down for two years. Everybody, everybody expired from respiratory infections, causing inflammation. They were put on ventilators, and they died. Well, you can prevent and treat all these upper respiratory tract infections with propolis, the common cold, influenza, ear infections, especially for children. Many children have ear infections. It's extremely effective. General immune tonic, candida, and other fungal infections, canker sores, fever blisters, cold sores, and it can actually treat peptic ulcers and gastrointestinal tract problems, cancer. In fact, really good studies with Propolis in a combination with curcumin. Propolis is equal to or better results than prescription drugs. Now, I didn't just say that. I am saying that, but it's based on scientific studies. That propolis is more effective than all the antibiotics. All the antivirals. It's better results than prescription drugs. Extremely safe, no side effects, no adverse events, 
safe for children as small as infants. So how do you pick your propolis? How do you know which one to, to, to use? Well, clinical studies were on a purified propolis. The wax has to be removed because it is a big percentage of the glue that makes up of the propolis. About 90%. So you only have about 10% of that, of that putty or glue being propolis. But if you remove all the wax, you have to move the wax. We cannot, we cannot digest wax, beeswax. We cannot digest the resin that's mixed with the wax and other impurities. But if you remove the wax, the resin, and the impurities, which yields a very powerful concentrated extract that is 100% absorbable. Ethical management of beehives is very, very safe and very important because mortality among European wild bees is as high as 20%. So what is a good dosage? 200 milligrams daily. I just ran across a good propolis EP300 that is 200 milligrams per capsule and 100 milligrams per chewable tablet for kids and those who cannot swallow capsules. The 100 milligram chewable tablet is mixed with gamma cyclodextrin, which increases absorption several times, in fact, up to eight times more than the 100 milligram dosage and no adverse effects, extremely safe for kids. If your kids are having lots of colds or flu, they have cough or they have any kind of infection, uh, talk to your doctor. Include your, include your doctor into the benefit of propolis and work with your doctor to use propolis to kill the infection. Now here's a, here's a very interesting um, study that I ran across that I thought you would find very interesting. Inflammation. We're always looking for an anti-inflammatory. And there are many of them out there are effective. But the more you know, the better you can use these various anti-inflammatories or a combination of them. So here's a new one. Vitamin D. D like in dog. Vitamin D3. Not D2. D2 is synthetic. It's not the same as what your body manufactures. D3 is. Researchers gathered the data from almost 300,000 adults looking at their blood levels of vitamin D and the marker called C-reactive protein, CRP, which is the marker of inflammation. The higher the level, the higher the body is inflamed. C-reactive protein is, a, is, is generated in the liver in response to inflammation. So they check your liver to see what level you have in terms of your C-reactive protein. The higher the levels of C-reactive protein, 
the higher the levels of chronic inflammation. Now, the result of this 300,000 adult population study, the people with the lowest levels of vitamin D had the highest levels of inflammation. These findings are in line with previous research showing that vitamin D inhibits pro-inflammatory compounds and increases products of anti-inflammatory compounds. So it switches it from the pro-inflammatory, meaning it makes the inflammation, it's pro-inflammatory, where you want anti-inflammatory. So vitamin D switches it from a pro-inflammatory compound to an anti-inflammatory compound. And the high vitamin D levels in these 300,000 people reduce the risk of diseases associated with chronic inflammation, including diabetes type 2, multiple sclerosis, arthritis, and cancer. Raise your levels of vitamin D3. Now, I've talked to alternative physicians. Conventional doctors believe that 30 nanograms per deciliter of blood is a good dosage. I talked to some of the top alternative physicians, and they like to see the blood level of vitamin D at 60 to 80 nanograms per deciliter of blood. You can do blood tests. You can do a spot test or a full blood draw. But you want to know what your vitamin D levels are. It's very important. Now, I've talked to people that have been taking 5,000 units of vitamin D. And that's a lot compared to what the FDA regulates as 400. The FDA wants it only at 400 units of vitamin D. But people have really increased that level up to 5,000. Is that enough? No one knows. And no one knows for you individually. And I've talked to people that were taking 5,000 units of vitamin D, and I encourage them to have it tested. How much are you really getting? And this young one lady taking 5,000 units of vitamin D, which is so critical, so important, and her level was 16, way below the level even conventional doctors wanted. So unless you know what level of vitamin D you have, you may not have enough, even though you're taking 5,000. You're just assuming, oh, I really bumped it up. Then I ran into an individual that was taking 15,000 and their level is only at 40 nanograms per deciliter of blood. And 40 is just above what conventional doctors want, not enough. So they went up to 20,000 units of vitamin D. And then they went up to 65, which is perfect. So unless you know what your vitamin D consumption is doing for you, if you're taking 5,000 or 10,000, but you're not getting 
the level of vitamin D in the blood that you need, then you need to step it up. Now, you can do a spot, blood spot test with a laboratory to find out what your vitamin D level is. And that, that's very inexpensive. But I think it's so critical. Why take 5,000 units of vitamin D or even 10,000 units of vitamin D and you're not getting enough? It's a waste of money. It'll do, it'll do you some good, of course. But I want you to have the best possible return for your money. You need to get that vitamin D level up between 60 and 80, not 30 and 40. You want to double that, easily double that. Vitamin D is so critical. Now, what happens to people that are over 40, over 50 maybe, in terms of their increased protein intake? Why should we be concerned about our protein intake when we get into the 40, 50 years of life? Well, there are some, there is some research that shows why. Actually, older adults need more protein. Protein is very, very essential. We make many different kinds of protein out of the proteins that we consume and digest, there are 21 amino acids that are essential. That means we can't live without. And they all have to be there at the same time. You can't take 10 of them in the morning and 11 in the afternoon. They have to be there all at the same time. That's why it's very, very difficult to get your amino acids from protein that are plant protein. Because not all plants contain all the amino acids. And what people are saying, if you take this plant, which has 10, and this plant, which has 11, now we have the 21 amino acids. It doesn't work easily that way. Plant proteins are totally ineffective. And as we age, our bodies process protein less efficiently and less effectively. And we need more protein. And as we get older, whether or not why if people just get lazy, they're living alone, they don't want to grill a steak, they don't want to scramble three or four eggs, you know, they just don't eat as well. And I've talked to people. When, they not, when they're not feeling well and they're telling me their stories and I ask them, well, how are you eating? Oh, you know, I don't eat very much. I, I just don't have the time. I, you know, I'm, I live alone and I can't buy, an, uh, you know, food for small amounts. Uh, so, you know, for breakfast, I have a piece of toast with jam and a cup of coffee. No protein. And that's pretty much how they go through life. And we, as we go through life, get older, we need more protein, not less. In fact, older adults may need double or even triple the daily protein intake versus their younger selves. Now, I talked about the 21 amino acids. Amino acids 
are individual. There's like L-tyrosine, L-methionine. These are all different amino acids. And they're kind of like the letters in the alphabet. We could take the letters in the alphabet and we can make a million different words, probably a billion different words. And that's true with the amino acids. The body knows how to use those individual amino acids and construct them into different forms of protein for various hormones, gland, and organ function. So, But we need all 21 of them. They're essential. But too little protein, as we age, leads to some very serious consequences. I'll have to pause here, folks. I'm running out of time in this day in this part of the program. I've got to stop for a, a, a few commercials. Uh, don't go away. I'll, I got so much to tell you. Come on, come on, right back. This is Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Natley. Back right after this. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally with our second portion of the program of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here to the top of the hour, and we have a lot more to tell you about protein and why older people need more protein than younger people. When we start getting into our 40s and 50s, we need more protein than we did when we were younger. So older adults may need double or even triple the daily protein intake versus their younger selves. When you were younger, you didn't need double and triple the amount of protein. And some studies have shown that we need one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So I weigh 160 pounds. I need 160 grams of protein. So that's a lot of protein. You're not going to get it from an egg for breakfast. That's only six grams of protein. So a salad in the afternoon, probably with no protein. Then what are you going to have at dinner at night? Concentrate on eating lots of protein, lots of protein. Protein is not bad for you. It's not damaging to your liver or your kidneys, as some people say. It is not. Unless you have a liver or kidney problem. But for healthy people, protein will not harm your liver or kidneys. And we do need lots of protein. And we need lots of good, healthy fats. With too little protein, as we age, leads to decreased stamina, increased skin fragility, skin hangs, looks wrinkled, frail, decreased immune function, poor healing process, and a longer recuperation after illnesses. We just never get well again. It takes a long time for us to recuperate after we've had COVID-19 or any other type of illness. 
a 2018 study found that tracked older adults for 20 years reported those with the highest protein intakes, the highest protein levels, were 30% less likely to experience disability than those with the low protein intake. Protein is vital. There is no need for carbohydrates. There is no need for carbohydrates. And that's all Americans eat. Carbohydrates, sugar, starch, pasta, bread, all that grain product does not give us the protein, does not give us any essential nutrients. We should lower the carbohydrates, minimally include carbohydrates, and add plenty of good proteins and fats. And the best fat is olive oil. I'm gathering all my documentation that I want to do a program coming up very soon, as soon as I put everything together, on olive oil and some of the top researchers in the world, Dr. Mary Flynn. She's an associate professor at Boston University, said that the most important food that would decrease chronic diseases more than any other food is olive oil. Very, very powerful. But I'll do more on that coming up. Right now we're on protein. So there's easy ways to increase protein. Eggs for sure. I love eggs. Last night I had scrambled four eggs with some bacon bits. Real, real bacon bits. Just bacon chopped up, cut up with zucchini and red peppers and onions. Four eggs will give you 28 grams of protein. Six to seven grams of high-quality protein eggs plus 13 essential nutrients and antioxidants. You know, I can't believe that our government and experts, medical experts, cause everyone to fear the eggs. Fear egg. Could have one a week. I just think our nutritional experts are absolutely so out of touch with real knowledge of nutrition. Eggs are so essential. It has the highest level, highest biological level of protein. So I try to include some raw eggs in my diet. I don't recommend that for everyone because as the FDA says, they could cause some, cause the problems of inflammation, not so much inflammation, but um, bacterial infection. But I get my eggs from a well-known farmer. 
and they're really high grade, very high grade. Sometimes it takes three or four whacks to break the shell. They are so well fed with nutrients. Eggs are of the highest quality protein and they're very inexpensive. Less than 25, 25%, less than 25 cents an egg. Where can you find protein food or any food at that price? And we should be encouraging eggs and other types of foods that are high in nutrition to be healthy. To recommend that only eat one egg a week. I, I wonder sometimes, you know, sounds crazy, but I'm just wondering if somebody isn't just trying to make us sick. Sure is good for the food companies and the drug companies. Other protein food sources that we should all include, fish, salmon, tuna, haddock, cod, walleye. All these are good foods. Poultry, duck, chicken, and other seafood, and dairy products. A glass of milk is 8 grams of protein. A carton of yogurt is 7 to 8 grams of protein, depending on the size of the carton. Some seeds are okay. But beans and seeds really don't have a biologically active protein. And they may not contain all the 21 amino acids. We want to make sure they do. Some amino acids we can actually make in our body. There's others we cannot make. So it's better if you get all the amino acids. Even if you ordered whey protein or egg white protein, powder form, and make a drink in the morning, that'll give you additional amounts of good quality protein. Now we have a pandemic of cancer. Lots of people are dying and struggling and going through treatments for cancer. And the earlier we catch cancer, the more likely it can be reversed, especially colon cancer. Colon cancer is one of the easiest cancers to reverse, treat, and cure. So warning signs are, warning signs are very, very important. I've heard doctors speak that 95% of colon cancer can be cured, cured if it's caught early, early. You know, if you feel sick or achy, but you get better, it probably isn't cancer. But if you experience any of the following symptoms and are not getting better, not feeling better, over time, don't waste time. See a doctor. This is the time that I always recommend that a doctor look over your warning signs and try to diagnose them early in the prognosis. A thickening or lump in any part of the body is a warning sign. Loss of weight or gain of weight. 
with no known reason. A sore that does not heal. Or hoarseness. Or a cough that does not go away. A hard time swallowing. Discomfort after eating. Any changes in bowel or bladder habits. Unusual bleeding or discharge. Feel weak or very tired. These are all signs and symptoms that you should not ignore. Now, how do we prevent cancer? We can prevent cancer. In fact, it's the best cure of all. If you don't get a disease, that's the, uh, that's the goal we have. So, obesity is strongly correlated with cancer risk. It's a new smoking. You know, we're looking for a cancer cure. They're spending billions and billions and billions of dollars looking for a cancer cure. There is no cure for cancer because the majority of cancer is caused by our lifestyle choices. We choose a habit that strongly influences the cancer risk. Smoking and obesity. The two are responsible for about 70% of our cancer cases. 70%. So give up smoking. I know it's a tough job to do. But it's really, really critical if you want to live a healthy life and avoid and lower the risk of cancer. Lose weight. Stop smoking. That will, together, reduce about 70% of the risk of getting cancer. Cancer, uh, Smoking is responsible for about 35 to 40% of the cancers diagnosed. Obesity, about 30 to 35%, the cause of cancer. Cut out the sugar, reduce carbohydrates. Cancer cells feed on sugar. The more sugar you eat, I knew a gentleman and he was trying. He was under chemotherapy taking supplements, but he could not give up sugar. And he said every night before he went to bed, he almost ate a pint of ice cream. He just, sugar, sugar, sugar. Sugar feeds the cancer. Reduce inflammation. And that also means cut out sugar and carbohydrates. They both cause inflammation. Vegetable oils, seed oils cause inflammation and increase the intake of inflammatory, anti-inflammatory foods. Olive oil, highly anti-inflammatory. 
nuts, healthy fats. Well, that's olive oil. Maybe a little bit of avocado oil or pecan oil or coconut oil, but no vegetable oils, no corn oil, no soybean oil, no canola oil, no grapeseed oil, no safflower seed oil, no sunflower seed oil, and heavy on the vegetables and the antioxidant fruits. And if you smoke, stop, please. And then also consider the anti-cancer nutrients like curcumin, boswellia, grapeseed extract, andrographis, and melatonin. Many alternative doctors now are prescribing melatonin for their cancer patients and curcumin and grapeseed and andrographis. These are all valuable for improving the quality of the drugs, drugs that, that were so harsh on patients can now be lowered because they're more effective when they're combined with curcumin, boswellia, or andrographis, melatonin. Less dosage is required of the toxic drugs, and the toxicity of the drugs are lessened significantly when taking alternative herbal medicines. Now the problem with acetaminophen for pain. Why do people take acetaminophen for pain when in reality it causes more pain? And the most well-known brand of acetaminophen is Tylenol. And it's one of the most commonly used medications worldwide. Acetaminophen can be found in more than 600 prescriptions. Drugs. Not prescribed 600 times, but in 600 different prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs and over 25 million, million doses are sold per year. Used for headaches, fever, pain relief. This drug has some well-known adverse effects. Well, first of all, it increases your death rate, increased mortality. You'll die earlier. Increased risk of heart attack, stroke, fatal coronary artery disease, gastrointestinal ulcers, abnormal liver function, liver failure, and liver cancer. Tylenol destroys more liver, healthy livers, destroys more healthy livers than any other medication or substance. And new research finds that acetaminophen even has negative effects on emotions, depression, and risk-taking. In a study of healthy college students, acetaminophen increased their willingness to take risky decisions and blunted their empathy response. They felt less sympathy. 
for others and who are experiencing pain or suffering. 16,000 people die every year from acetaminophene. And many people take way more than they should based on the recommendations on the label. I've seen people take a lot of acetaminophene daily. It's a shame. So how can you have safe and effective natural pain relief? Well, there is fast-acting pain relief with a combination of curcumin and boswellia blended with black sesame seed oil. A thousand milligrams of this blend once or more daily can definitely reduce your pain level and also heal that area more effectively. And all with no significant adverse effects or side effects and works as effectively and quickly as acetaminophen without the adverse effects. Very significantly effective without side effects. So this is extremely valuable. So how do you stop chronic indigestion? Let's go on to this subject. Many, many people have indigestion. Chronic indigestion makes you feel so full after eating only a little bit of your meal, you can't finish your food. Uncomfortable fullness after eating that lasts longer than it should. Mild or even severe pain in the upper abdomen area between the bottom of the breastbone and the belly button. Burning and bloating in the upper abdominal area. Nausea. So what is the cure for indigestion? Well, it's called D-G-L. Three letters. D like in dog, G like in George, L like in love. And I think it stands for darn good licorice. Because it is licorice. But with the glycerotinic acid removed. At a very high level, dosages can cause increased blood pressure when you have too much licorice. But that was only found in those that were addicted to licorice candy and would eat up to a half a pound to a pound a day. Yes, it, there are people that are addicted to licorice at a very high level. And when they ate a very high intake of licorice candy, they found that their blood pressure went out of control. This does not happen with DGL. It is not linked to the beneficial, or I should say, the risk of high blood pressure. And the glycerotinic acid that's removed is not linked to the beneficial effects of licorice for digestion and is therefore okay to remove it and also remove the risk of high blood pressure. Specific DGL licorice extract. It's high in beneficial flavonoids, natural compounds, effectively reduce symptoms in people with chronic indigestion. Participants actually taking 150 milligrams daily of DGL had up to a 50% greater improvement in their digestive symptoms than the placebo group. Belching, bloating, nausea, and heartburn, gone all with the aid of DGL, extremely effective. 
So usually 150 milligrams daily is a great dosage. I like to see people take 75 milligrams in the morning and 75 milligrams in the afternoon. It's much better when it's spread out, so it gives you a better 24-hour protection against indigestion. Very, very effective. So use this to improve your health of your digestive system. And with that, my friends, I'm about ready to run out of time. I have just about a minute to a minute and a half before I run out of time. But I hope all this information is good for you, that it gives you a a sense of, yes, I can do something. I can make changes. I can lose weight. I can stop smoking. You know, just that might reduce your risk of cancer by 70%. 70% of cancer is caused by smoking and being obese or overweight. Now, we control what diseases we get because they're all based on lifestyle choices. 98% of all disease is caused by what we choose on a daily basis. Choose a healthier diet with less sugar and carbohydrates, more protein, more fats, and concentrate on olive oil. And start today. And say a prayer for this crazy, insane world. I don't know where it's going to go, but right now it's not on a good course. And God bless you, my friends. And God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.